What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Good Company. I'm your host, JR Maffey. And um, for those of you who don't know what we do here at Good Company um, with our discussions and especially our interviews is we try to bring content to people who are currently chasing after their dream in their career or in their personal life as well. And uh, so with our interviews, man, we try to bring people on who are currently in the day-to-day grind of things who can offer insights to you know the way they started their businesses or the way they've uh, uh, grown themselves in their career and work towards the goals that they've had in their personal life as well and and uh, so that's the epitome of good company honestly that's what we're trying to do here so today's show is uh, we have Mario Guevara on and he's a health and fitness expert in the Hollywood Hills um and he shares his story, man, about going to prison and kind of just remapping his goals and, and then how he got after it after that and what kind of perspective, you know, that adversity gave him. And I mean, now he's doing the damn thing, man. He's got some pretty notable uh, celebrity clients and, you know, some that he can't even speak of. And and he's doing the damn thing. And and, and it's awesome, man, because he shares a little bit of his insight and then uh, a lot of great stories as well, man. So I hope you guys enjoy the show and uh hit subscribe give us them five stars and uh yeah enjoy um thank you so much for coming through for man. sure thanks for having me absolutely sure. bro so um yeah, man, I, you got a chance to check out Research. Yeah, it's dope, nice. Dope-ass spot, right? I'm excited to take one of the pieces today <laughs> yeah, yeah. after this interview. <laughs> yeah, on the house, bro. Good company's paying, so For you're sure. good. For sure. um, what's it called? So this is uh, Steve. Go ahead and introduce yourself. Oh, you guys met already, right? Yeah, we did. Okay, mm-hmm. cool. Cool, cool, man. So, Mario, um, yeah, man. So we know each other through through mutual friends, man. Yeah. I appreciate you coming out. Um Tell us, uh, where'd you grow up at, dude? So, Mario Guevara. Okay. That's my name. I grew up in South Central Los Angeles. Nice. Uh, 40th and Hoover. You know where that is? Uh, I know where that's about. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah I, I grew up in the hood. I uh, went to high school in, at Hamilton. Okay. In West LA. Okay. Um, junior high, I went to a private school. Okay. Okay. Um, yeah, man. But I, I grew up in a rough time, you know, in the 80s. Okay. So, so what was life after high school, bro? Uh, life after high school is a lot of partying, a lot of drinking, yeah. <laughs> a lot of having fun, <laughs> yeah. um, and a lot of hustling. What did you do as far as hustling go? What, what, what um, kind of business did you get into? Man, so right after high school, honestly, I'm going to be real with you. I would I was doing a little street pharmaceutical stuff. Street pharmaceutical. <laughs> yeah. Like urban urban that, pharmaceutical distributor, <laughs> man. Yeah, <laughs> man. Big money. You know, I had to make some money. I had to pay my bills. Right. You know? um, I also had, like, regular jobs. I work at Sears. Okay. At, like, the sporting goods department. Okay. Um, what other jobs did I have? I didn't have... Oh, I worked at a bank as a bank teller. Okay. Um, and and, then, and you were a street pharmacist. Yes. <laughs> I, I like it, dude. <laughs> a little bit, a little bit. Not not too crazy, but right. sh- shortly after that, I went to, I went back to... Um, community college. I went okay. to Trade Tech. Okay. And I took some real estate courses. Okay. And I got my real estate license like in 03. 
Okay. Yeah. And you started really focusing heavily on that. On real estate. Okay. So yeah. word on the streets, you got into a little bit of a, tr- a little bit trouble. A little bit trouble. Yeah, yeah, man. Yeah. So tell me about that, man. So I got licensed in 2003. Um, if any of you know um, what happened in 2003 in the real estate market, there mm-hmm. was a, it was the start of a boom. Right. So like in 2004, it was booming. 2005, it was booming. Mm-hmm. And so I got in at the right time, and I was making a ton of money. I was making so much money from lenders, from me uh, making sales, mm-hmm. or from me buying stuff and flipping it. You know, you've heard the term right. flip flip houses. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but the one thing I didn't do at the end of every year was pay my taxes. Mm. <laughs> so <laughs> minor detail. My, minor, minor detail. Yeah. And um, in '06, the real estate market crashed. So it was like. It was a very, it was a tough year for me because I wasn't expecting the crash. Right. I hadn't paid taxes in about four to five years. And my spending habits were crazy. You know, I was spending crazy. Um, Just a lot of of things started happening that year and I got audited. I had this one deal that went really wrong and and my... I had an LLC called Nationwide Capital Investments LLC. I had I got a lawsuit through a client, mm. and that triggered me getting audited. And when I got audited, you know, you know what happened. I mean, yeah. I got arrested, and yeah. I didn't get arrested till till three years after the fact. I got oh. arrested in September 14, two thousand and nine. Oh wow! Yeah. Okay. So I was kind of like in denial. I was hiding. Yeah. <laughs> I was I was not trying to face the facts of. You know, I wasn't trying to face what I had to face. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was, it was, a, it was three dark years of my life from 06 to 09 okay. until I finally got caught mm-hmm. and arrested, mm-hmm. and you know I had to deal with it. Yeah. So you, where did uh, what what uh, what penitentiary did they? Uh, send <clears throat> so I w- I fought my case for three months. Okay. It's so crazy, like. I'm not, you know, I've never, I'm not a criminal. I've never gotten in trouble before. This was my first time. I mean, I've done minor things for like, you know, drinking in public or dumb shit. Who hasn't? Yeah, (laughs) dumb shit. But never no serious case. So I didn't, I didn't, I didn't know what to expect, but they tried to say I was going to do 14 years for this because it was a lot of money. It was like, I sold over $10.2 million in real estate property that I didn't make 10.2 million, but I the volume. Right. So I probably earned, you know, a few million dollars. Yeah. That, and my tax evasion was, was, I don't even want to talk about it because you never know. The IRS might still be trying to get me. (laughs) (laughs) I don't blame you, bro. But, but anyway, like it, it was a lot of money. And, um, so it went from 14 years to eight years to six years to I finally took a deal for four years with halftime. Mm. Okay. So it took three months for me to get a, a sentence for me to know when I was going to be able to come back home. Okay. Damn. So th- in those three months, I was basically in men's central jail here in Los Angeles County. And then they would transport me to Wayside, which is by Magic Mountain, Six Flags. So basically, I was going back and forth from these two county jails for mm. three months while I was fighting the case. Yeah. So after three months, I got sentenced for four years with halftime. Mm-hmm. And I qualified for this program called Fire Camp. Mm-hmm. And Fire Camp allowed me to get six extra months off. So I only had to do 18 months. What was the like, prerequisites for that? Why did you qualify for Cause that? Because I was a nonviolent crime. Okay. Um, 
I've never had priors. Okay. Like, yeah. You know, major priors. You so were clean. I, yeah, I was clean. So I qualified for that. Mm. And that was a blessing because then instead of doing two years, I did 18 months. Yeah. From 14 years, though. Yeah, yeah. It came all the way from how, 14. Dude, how does that happen, though? Like, why did they, how did they start at 14? Well, just because I had so many counts. I had so many years of not paying taxes, plus that lawsuit. So it was like so many counts against me. Mm. So in 14 years, it's just what they scare you with. Yeah. So if I would have took this case to trial and lost, then I have to do max sentence. Okay. But 14 years really means seven years. But still, who the hell wants to do seven yeah, years? Yeah, seven years. You know, seven years. <laughs> when I heard that, man, I fucking, I swear I came to tears. Yeah. You know, it was yeah. crazy. But um, my public defender, she was great. She was a great public defender that helped me out big time, man, and, nice. and got me down to four years where halftime. Nice. Plus fire camp. Nice. And then so fire camp was up north, you said? Yeah, it was in Mendocino County. Okay. I don't know if you know where Mendocino County. It was in the forest. I was basically in the forest. But my first nine months of my sentence, I was in Wasco for a few months. Mm-hmm. Wasco's up by Bakersfield. Okay. And then in February of 2010, I got transported to Susanville, mm. which is a level two prison. I was in a dorm. Yeah. And that's up north, kind of by... um. It's in Lassen County. Okay. Where I, I don't even know where that is, man. Yeah, I know it's up north. That's yeah. all I know. <laughs> all I know it was a 16-hour bus ride up there. Shit, so, man. Shit. Yeah, it was crazy. And it, in February of 2010, when I got there, it was like blizzard conditions. It was cold. It was snowing. Mm. It was cold as fuck. I still I remember all this shit so so vividly. You know, yeah, it's crazy. So you went from I mean pre- having a pretty cush life. You were making money. Oh yeah, I was making. You were good making money. dough. I was making good money. I was yeah. making good money. And then to, uh, to blizzard conditions <laughs> up in northern California. Not only that, like just prior to like I said, I it took three months to meet for me to get sentenced. Yeah. So it was three months of me not knowing how long I was going to be away and how long I was going to be on pause. Yeah. That's the worst part when you don't know when you're coming back home. Mm. You know, mm. that shit was it was it was no joke. <laughs> yeah, man. Once once you got the sentence, what was your mentality like on that bus ride or heading into to prison, man, and that that ride or whatever it was called, the fire camp? <laughs> like, are you thinking I got lucky? This is this is a blessing that I reduced <clears throat> it down. It's something I can learn from. I'm going to be better. Were you bitter? No, I wasn't bitter. Like honestly, like once, once I got sentenced, it was a relief, and yeah, I was. I had the attitude like, okay, fine. It's it's eighteen months. I'll be home. Mm-hmm. You know, in twenty eleven, I had a date. I was, it, it was more like a relief and a blessing. I was like, all right, now I'm just gonna, I'm gonna focus on what I'm gonna do when I get home. Yeah. But me being an athlete, like I, I was talking to um, Jr. Jr. Yeah. My bad. I was talking to Jr. <laughs> earlier, and I, and he played football with my boy Eric. Mm-hmm. And I was telling him I played football in high school, so I put myself in a mentality where, where um, I was at this camp, a, f- a football camp. I, this is what I told myself. Okay. Yeah. While I was doing this time, I was at a camp, and my job was to get in the best shape of my life mm. until I got released. Mm. You know, and 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 that really helped. Like it really helped my mindset. Yeah. By doing that. And yeah. so, what? Well, so when you're when you're up there, did you? I mean, did you devise a plan of what you wanted to do when you got out? Like, did you? Yeah. Know? So not right away. Right away, it was just like I needed to survive, and 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 I didn't know what to expect because you I, didn't know what you were going into. Exactly. Yeah. So. So it wasn't right away that I planned what I was going to do when I came home. Immediate, 
was survive yeah. you know let me figure out what this shit is yeah you know exactly I mean? yeah. so uh, once i figured out what this shit was and then you know i had to run with the southsiders i don't know if you guys are familiar with that that's a prison term when you're in prison here in california you have to, there's like segregated yeah you're either a, you know you run with blacks you run with whites you're a southsider you're a paisa or you're a other, you know, it's like, mm. there's, you have options of who you're going to associate, associate yeah. yourself with. So I associated myself with the Southsiders because I knew being a Southsider, I'd be protected. or I'd be with the like most dominant force mm. or whatever in prison. Mm. Is that so, uh, like mainly Hispanic? It mainly Hispanic, Latin ga- gang members. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And so how does that go, man? Like, how do you, uh, how does, uh, how does the resume get turned into the Southsiders? You know, how, how do they pick you up or whatever? Well, no, I mean, you have to make the decision right away. So, like, my when I finally got housed, this is during me fighting the case, okay? Okay. When I finally got housed, meaning I, I, I got a dorm and I got a bunk bed where I was going to spend my time while I'm fighting the case, mm-hmm. okay? My first dorm experience is when you make that decision. Oh, so you walk into this dorm. My dorm was 5150, okay? That was the number of my dorm mm-hmm. in Men's Central Jail here in downtown mm-hmm. Los Angeles. And uh, as soon as you walk in, you're greeted by all, all these inmates, yeah. <laughs> okay? Yeah, yeah, inmates. Yeah. And they're looking at you, you know, mad-dogging you, looking at you crazy, Yeah. okay? First uh, person that walked up to me was a Southsider. He was like, what's up, homie? Who you running with? Mm-hmm. And like, and I'm like, uh, you know, I, yeah. I, I mean, I knew from movies and from homies I had in the streets, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? But it's like that, though, because yeah. that's all I know of it, you exactly. know Exactly, I mean? so, so I already knew in my mind that I'm running with Southsiders in my head. But, okay. But I, I was like, I, I mean, look, I'm not a gang member, I told this guy. Yeah. But um, I'm, I run with the Southsiders. And he's like, all right. As soon as I made that decision, it's like, it's like the whole energy changed. It's like welcoming. Like, okay, homie. Yeah. Let me int- let me introduce you to everybody. Let me give you a rundown of how this dorm works and yeah. et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Yeah. Damn, bro. So yeah, that's how, that's how that works. That's how that works. <laughs> that's intense, man. Yeah. And then, like I said, so it was three months that I fought my case, and then so let's see, September, October, November, December, I got shipped away mm-hmm. to my. Uh, reception prison which was wasco mm-hmm. and reception is where you get prepared to go to your permanent housing for where you're going to spend you know your sentence okay and the the whole south sider affiliate just follows you there i mean people yeah know, yeah people yeah once, once you make that decision that's who you run with okay. yeah and it's good and i was fortunately i was blessed man i don't god loves me i'm christian i do believe in god and and i feel like i was blessed because not only did I didn't get in any fights, nothing ever happened. There was never, ever any ten. I mean, there was a few moments where there was some tension, but mm-hmm. nothing ever happened to me, man. And everywhere I went, where every dorm I went, every prison I went to, all the, like, head homies or the, the big hierarchy criminal guys yeah. had respect for me. And, and, and they would tell me, you don't belong here. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. So they like, knew. They knew. Like, yeah. I just and plus they could see my paperwork. They knew that my the reason for being there was a money thing. So yeah. if anything, they were more intrigued and they wanted to know 
about how you about made your how, paper yeah how i made my money yeah. and all that yeah. kind of stuff so by the time you got up north i mean things are settled dude and, and you're kind of finding your rhythm yeah yeah things. yeah once i got to Susanville, it was cool i mean i mean that was it was still i'm not gonna say i wasn't scared at all because i've never been to a prison so yeah. it was an actual prison yard you know it's yeah, a level yeah. two prison yard so i mean but now i had like a, a routine yeah you know? And I mean, st- shit was still going down. You said you didn't get hurt or anything right. like that, but you saw, some, you saw shit, some shit still goes down all yeah. through the process. Shit went down. I saw people get beat the fuck out of, you know, I, yeah. I, I saw crazy stuff. But fortunately, like I said, nothing major happened to me nice. or during. Thank myself. God, bro. Yeah. That's awesome, man. Well, so when did the mentality change? Like, when did you have time to really evaluate? When I got sent away to fire camp. Okay. So it was like June Ten. or July of 2010. Okay. I had to take a two-week uh, fire firefighter course, like at an actual college, community college okay. course classes in prison. Mm. And there was like a two-week uh, physical training um, assessment before you, you even went to camp. Mm-hmm. And I could have not gone if I didn't pass that, you know. Yeah. But, I mean, I was pretty good shape. I've always been a, a, an athlete, like I told yeah. you before. So I passed it, got got my fire camp, and then like in June or July is when they shipped me out to Mendocino County. Okay. And once I got there, now it's like really relaxed. There's still, like the politics aren't like in prison when you're in a camp. It's different. I mean, there's still Southsiders. They're still like that. Yeah. But it's way different. There's they, no walls. There's no barbed wire. Uh, so the energy is different. Yeah, it's okay. more chill, man. And yeah. I have my own bunk bed. I have my own room, basically. Oh, nice. You know, it's in a... There's several, but I, I have my own space. Right. And I have access to a library. There's a weight room. Okay. I could wear sneakers. You know, mm. it's different. Mm-hmm. I'm eating good food. I'm eating what fire captains eat, you know? Mm, okay. Steaks, chicken, you know, bomb shit. Yeah. As opposed to peanut butter <laughs> sandwiches and, <laughs> and the milk slop, and the bananas slop. and slops. Yeah, yeah exactly. Uh, dude. Yeah. Yeah, that's crazy. And top ramen sandwiches, you know what I mean? Sure. <laughs> Yeah, with so, Cheetos. <laughs> whoo, dude, I've had some. I, yeah, I've had some uh, homies try to fix me up. Some uh, what are they? Manwich. Call it, man? Manwich. Yeah. No, um, they put it in a trash bag with like top ramen. Oh, that's a spread. The spread. The spread. Oh, that's bro. Spread. I was like, I was like, nah, yeah, it's good. <laughs> hey, those things are pretty good, man. Hey, dude, right. I, I, I'm sure. I'm sure they fucking they fit the bill, man. I'm sure it's good when when you got limited options yeah, for sure. Yeah. But um. Okay, so like, take me through the process of what, because you're a trainer now, right? Right, so right. T- tell people a little bit about what you do right now, man. So I'm a personal trainer. I also own my own. I, I created a brand called Flex. Okay. Okay. I have online training as well. Um, I train athletes. I train a few celebrities, mm-hmm. but I train I train everyone, man. So when did that mentality? Like, when did you start building that thing mentally? So 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 in fire camp. So okay. in fire camp. Once I got to fire camp. And I had access to a library. I had access to a gym. That's when I really turned my fitness game up. I, I even had a journal. I wrote down all my workouts. I started mm. reading these nutrition books, fitness books, you know. And I had a a friend in there who was in phenomenal shape, man. This guy, his name was Mondo. You know, he was a Southsider guy, whatever, mm. you know. And he was in phenomenal. I feel weird talking about it because you yeah. never hear, no, but whatever, good. you know. Um, he was in phenomenal shape and, uh, me and him for the last four months went at it every day. Like we worked out together. Yeah. We played sports together, but his mentality was crazy. Like every day you had to go all out, 
Yeah. You know, like just go all out. Yeah. So I kept that mentality to this day, to be honest. Mm. Like I never, I never got off that rhythm. Okay. But in fire camp, when I got into best shape is when I made my dis- my mind up that when I come home, I want to help people change their lives and like become the best versions of themselves, you know? Yeah. Because yeah. of how good it made me feel. And it's just like, I don't know. I just felt like that's what I, I don't know. Something came to me like that's what I wanted to do when I when I came home was help other people become the best versions of themselves, you know? Yeah. Yeah, and then I'm sure that's something that still fuels you today, right? Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, that's why I, I'm still doing what I'm doing. I'm still building, mm. and things are great right now. You know, I'm, I can't complain. I have clients all over the world right now, like I told you earlier. Some, I, some that we can't talk about. Yeah, you there's know? clients like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's yeah. awesome, man. You're yeah. doing your thing, dude. Um, so in that library, bro, is there is there any specific books that stood out to you? I mean, other than fitness or nutrition, right. was there something that you grabbed onto? There, yeah, there's there's a couple books. I always tell people that you should definitely pick up this book, um, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. Mm. It's by uh, Stephen Covey. Okay. That's a real solid book right there. I don't know if you guys read much, but absolutely, man. reading is important. Yeah. You know, just like you feed your muscles, you got to feed your brain. You know, you got to feed your mind. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, man. So that that really shaped how you how that you... book was. Yeah, that book really helped me out. There's a lot of books, but right now I can't think of the top of my head all these titles. Yeah, there was a book by Dick Tracy, but I forgot the title of the book. The Art of War. Mm. I read that. That's book one of my in there. yeah. That's one of my favorites. Yeah, that's dope, man. Yeah. Napoleon Hill, Think and Grow Rich. Yep, <laughs> we're on the that Napoleon. That one keeps coming up. That yeah. one keeps. Yeah. yeah, you're like the you're like the third person that, uh, or second or third person that's brought on the podcast. That's oh, really? brought up Napoleon. Napoleon Hill. Yeah, yeah. There seems to be a it's pattern. A, it's a good book. It's out. It's awesome, man. It 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 highlights a lot of important shit yeah. and yeah. how how strong the mind is, though. You yeah. know what I mean? Yep. Because if you like, if you're a mental midget, bro, you ain't gonna make it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And I'm sure yeah. you could attest to that. Yeah, for sure. He's, so, so I'm, I'm curious, man, what's since you brought up the seven habits book first, <laughs> is there like a main takeaway that you brought from that book that really impacted you or is it several just overall or I mean, why, why that book? I mean, I'd have to re- reread it, man, but <laughs> I don't have a one takeaway from that book, but that book, just the way it was written, it really resonated, you know, like it really helped shape my way of thinking. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, and that's what it does. That's yeah. what those books do, man. It, it opens you up to like different perspectives. I exactly, guess. exactly. That's dope, man. That's so dope. I'm, I'm curious, what, what exactly is fire camp? Because if you had to go through like a firefighter physical training man. assessment, and you fire know, what camp, is this? They basically made me a firefighter. I was fighting like wild, wild land fire fires. Check this out. My first day of fire camp. There was an incident. There was a fire. The alarm went off in camp, and they called my crew. Okay, mm. I was on the chainsaw team. The first day of camp, yeah. the alarm goes off. I'm working, and the alarm goes off, and they call crew four. That was my crew. So I have two minutes to get to the stage and get ready to get into the truck to go fight a fire in the woods. This is your first day. Though. My first day of fire. You never camp. fought a fire. Before. Never <laughs> in life, bro. That shit, it was. It was fun. I was excited. You know, I was like, yeah, yeah, let's go. Yeah, yeah. man. Running and shit and. Got to, we got to hike like two miles. I was on a chainsaw team, so I had about 85 pounds of gear on me. I was carrying the five mm-hmm. gallons of gas, my my axe, my Pulaski. It was called a Pulaski. Yeah. And and my position was a puller. So I was on the first chainsaw team. 
my, my chainsaw number one is cutting all the bush, cutting trees, cutting anything in front of them, mm-hmm. and I'm moving the shit out the way. Mm. And then behind me is probably a rake or Pulaski. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like a big line, like 15 guys. Damn, and, bro. And our job was to make line around the fire, like a fire line. God damn. Yeah. Mm. So you're in the shit, bro. Yeah, it's crazy. Bro. God damn, dude. I so, had no idea. So that's fire camp. <laughs> that's fire camp. How often did you have calls that you went to? Um, it was, it happened pretty frequently, man. And it was cool. Cause we even got paid a dollar an hour. Every, every hour, go. every hour we were out of camp, mm-hmm. we're getting paid a dollar. Mm. So sometimes we had to go out of County. Like, so I'm in Mendocino County. Sometimes there was fires like, I don't know, even LA that make us go over, you know, yeah, I don't yeah. remember if we went that far, but there was fires that was maybe several miles away, like four hours away and we had to camp out and sleep on the mountain it was it was some real shit damn dude damn that's crazy i never knew that happened yeah like i never knew that was part of the whole like i mean there was a program like that for inmates or whatever like yeah. that's insane fire camp yeah so i mean uh what what's the what was the biggest difference i guess man because you you went from i mean you went from making a couple million bucks living cush right probably doing a bunch of other shit i mean is there a huge lifestyle change for you right now like you there's no way you're the same dude no for sure i'm not the same dude man like so like i said to me that me going to prison was a blessing i call it a blessing did you do you think you needed it like were you on i think i needed it i feel like fast track i feel like i feel like god put me on timeout Mm, you know mm. he said hold on slow down young bull Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know you're doing too much you're doing too much because i was living my life fast i was making a ton of money not paying taxes Mm -hmm. spending five grand at the bar you know at the club yeah the next day spend another seven another eight yeah you know go buy a twenty thousand dollar watch i actually spent like forty nine thousand dollars on a platinum rolex at the win in, in Vegas. Like, why? Like, yeah. for what? You know, like, <laughs> I'd, I'd take a hundred grand to the win to go play, you know, to go gamble. Yeah. You know, like, buy everybody's shots. Like, Damn. you know, pay for all my girlfriend's bills. You know, like, I was yeah. I was just living reckless, to be honest. Yeah. <clears throat> I even tried to start my own tequila line, like, in 2006 or 2000, late 2005, I started to start my own tequila brand. Mm-hmm. I was just doing a lot, man. Like, I, I felt unstoppable. And I felt like no one can tell me anything, you know? Yeah. So when did, uh, so your faith, man, has that always been a part of your life? That's like, always, it's always been a part of my life, man. Mm-hmm. But like the money, look, I'm from South Central, man. I'm from, I, I didn't, my parents were, ne- we came, we are in poverty, man. I must be straight up. We weren't even middle class. Like my parents were just hardworking people, you know? Yeah. Like my mom's Guatemalan. My dad, rest in peace, was Salvadorian. Mm. Neither one of my parents has a high school diploma. They were just good, hardworking people. You right. know? And I grew up in South Central. So you give a kid who grew up in South Central who's always wanted more. Now I have more. I had millions. Mm-hmm. It's like, I don't know. It's just like, I was just having a good time. Man. I guess right in my 20s, you yeah. know, like, yeah. You have a million dollars. You tell me. <laughs> <laughs> if I had a million dollars in my in my early twenties, man, it'd be yeah, uh, it'd it's be a problem, different. man. It is, man. It's like people well, you, look. I was giving everyone. So at ballet, I'm giving them a hundred. The security guard in the club, I'm giving them a hundred. You, know, you didn't have ones, bro. You didn't have ones I had in hundreds, your wallet, like just hundreds, bro. <laughs> so insane. it was like it's it's, it's 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 crazy. So 
But so, like I said, it was like a blessing going in there. It like yeah. completely changed me, like slowed me down. Right. So now getting out. So I got out April 8th, 2011. Mm-hmm. It's like the best day of my life getting out, man. Like I, I was telling you earlier, mm-hmm. like they just dropped me off in the middle of the forest in a bus stop. Yeah. I'm at that bus stop, 7 a.m., dog, cold as fuck. <clears throat> and I'm like screaming on the top of my lungs by myself at that bus stop. Like, yes! Like, I was so happy, dog. Like, yeah. It's crazy. I'm waiting for a bus to, to take me to Oakland Airport to come back home. Hmm. So the minute I I got out, though, it's like it felt like it was, it was just a few months. You know, I didn't feel like it was that whole 548 days. Yeah. But, like, like I came with a totally different mindset, like, way so now i like think twice about things you know mm-hmm. I, I really put deep thought before i make decisions now nice you know? nice and now it's not just about me like my whole vision or my whole plan is to help others or to help people yeah you know better themselves yeah you know? so it's, there's difference it's, it's way, purpose it's way deeper now yeah it's way deeper yeah. before it was just like how much money can i make yeah, do you think that's the, like, I mean, it has to be the foundation of your new business plan. Yeah. It was, for right? sure. It is. For sure, because the more people I help, I mean, the the more people I help, the better, the happier I'm going to be. Mm. Not only the happier I'm going to be, I mean, I'm also making a living by helping other people become happy. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? It's like, it's a win-win. It's, it's a, a win-win. You're providing something to other people that's invaluable. It's bro. a win-win, man. Yeah. It's a win-win. I help people get in shape. But not only that, like, I motivate people. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm, I listen to people. Yeah. Sometimes listening is 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 just as good as, as anything else, you yeah. know? How much of your job is therapy, bro? Like, how much do you, like, you sit down with people <laughs> oh, and just... Straight, I'm a certified therapist, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah seriously because i mean everyone that comes in there obviously you got to have conversations yeah people are going through shit everybody's going through shit everyone's going through shit like my mom says dude right everybody has their own shit that they're dealing with someone says they're not going through anything they're lying bro (laughs) seriously man seriously man so i'm i'm curious mario as i as i hear this you know your path was not planned out it doesn't sound like um, but was there something you wanted to be later, you know, going back to your childhood or your early teens? Did you have certain ambitions that you wanted to fulfill? Is that what you did with real estate or no, where so, did you where did you see your life going? Well, my childhood, my dad in, wanted me to become a professional soccer player. That was his dream. Mm. And I was I mean, like, I, I'm a great athlete. I'm still a great athlete, you know, and I don't feel like I'm being cocky saying it, I'm just confident. Like you I, know, you're dope. Yeah, I'm yeah. dope. I'm, I can play. I can <laughs> yeah. play sports. You yeah. know, I'm good. And my dad wanted me to be a soccer player. If I would have followed my dad's dream, I swear to God, I'd probably be. Well, I don't know if I'd still be playing, but I'd be retired as a great soccer player. Right yeah, now, you yeah. Know? If I would have stayed in my dad's lane, mm-hmm. but I didn't fall in love with the sport. Yeah, I fell in love with football, and and that was my dream. Like growing up, to mm-hmm. become a NFL football player. Mm. That was my dream. Mm-hmm. Like I, I wanted to become a football player. Mm-hmm. Obviously, I wanted the the money, the fame, all that kind of stuff, because that comes with being an NFL football player. Yeah, but, but that, yeah, that sport I, attracted you a lot. Yeah, more. I love football. Yeah. So you, I mean, so I think the reason Steve asked you too is because we find so much in the people that we interview, like Josh Ship that I I was talking to you about, the UCLA basketball oh, yeah. player. Um, now he's a badass artist, and he talks about how when he was a kid. 
Um, he's an artist, like a rapper. No, he's an artist, like, like a painter? canvas. Okay. Yeah, and he does poetry and like, nice. but uh, like his mom and dad would would tell him like, all you do is paint. Like he would, he said he was like, dude, I would spend hours just yeah. like drawing and coloring and yeah. stuff, and like so much of what we see and so much of what we've kind of observed is people like when they go through certain things, they revert back to what they're in, in their childhood, something yeah. that resembles what yeah. they love, that passion. Yeah. And it's the same thing with you. I mean, you're an athlete. You get to put that on display every single day with what you do now. Right, right. And so there's that correlation. I mean. Well, see, that that gives me, that, I forgot the name of the book, but I read a book that says, like, us athletes, you're an athlete as yeah. well. You know, you yeah. played in Oregon. Mm. Athletes. We, we have this mindset we're, we're competitors you know mm-hmm. so and we love to play a game we love to we love we love being in a game yeah and when you're in a game you're performing so I feel like us athletes we we already have this mindset you know so it's easy for us to okay I'm not playing football anymore but I'm doing this now this is my new game you mm-hmm. know yeah and that's how I see my fitness or my brand it's my it's my football you get to perform. Yeah, every day. Yeah. Every day's game day. <laughs> That's dope, man. Every day's game day. That's dope. So who's the if it's a game, do you feel like there's opposition, people you're playing against, you're trying to take the number one spot? Mm, um, is it more against no. yourself? It's more against like, myself and and yeah, and and me growing and growing the brand. Mm-hmm. I don't see competition because I mean everyone's doing their thing and I support other trainers i support other people getting fit you know that's that's yeah. it's part of it it's more of a, a personal thing myself like how big can i grow this type thing you mm-hmm. know that's more of the competitiveness in it but not not i don't compete versus any individual or another brand you know i just want to be me mm-hmm. i want to have my own yeah my own space yeah so so in spirit of good company because we're about business too yeah um How'd you start your business, bro? So originally, I started right right when I came home. I was I already I scheduled a photo shoot right away. I got business cards right away. Um, my Instagram handles Mister MVT Fit. So the MVT comes from my virtual trainers, mm. which was my original idea. What year, what year was this? What year was this? 2011. Okay. So 2011, my original idea was my virtual trainers. See, so I always had in mind to build like an online community because I knew I can reach way more people, you know. Mm. So, but then that changed over time. Like in 2014, I was like, I just felt like my virtual trainers was was too long of a name. Mm. So I changed it to Flex. Mm. And Flex, I like Flex because when you hear Flex, you think about flexing your muscles. Yeah. So you can associate that with fitness. Yeah. And then I changed the way to spell it for branding purposes. I felt like it's just it looks cool. P H L E X X. Yeah. So that was in 2014 that I created Flex. And then so how'd you start building your customer base? I mean So I mean like I started with friends, family, started training them at parks. Yeah. LA Fitness, wherever I could. Mm-hmm. And it's just word of mouth, to be honest, word of mouth and being at the right place at the right time. Like my first little studio where I started, tr- well, I'm going to tell you guys a qu- quick, quick rundown of how it happened. It doesn't so, have to be quick, bro. You take your time, baby. <laughs> so, so I got out 2011. 2011, I had, I had a decision to make when I came home. Mm. I could have lived with my sister and her newborn at the time. Or she was pregnant, or new, uh, I think a newborn. 
and her husband in Van Nuys, California. <clears throat> okay, that mm -hmm. was option one. Option two, I live with my boy in Toluca Lake. I, I won't say no names, but with a friend of mine, okay, in Toluca mm -hmm. Lake. But this guy, he was a, you know, street guy. Mm -hmm. So he was doing things that weren't necessarily legal, mm -hmm. you know. It was a million plus million dollar place, you know. Mm -hmm. And he offered me, he actually paid for my ticket to come home. And he offered me, yo, stay, stay at my crib. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, my sister and her newborn? Yeah. Or a million dollar place in Toluca Lake? Yeah. Uh, I'm gonna go with the million dollar place, man. I don't gotta pay rent. <laughs> I'm good, but I'm you know I'm putting myself in a position where there's some things going on that someone that just came home from prison shouldn't be around. Right. You know. Right. So it was a tough situation, but I was like, fuck it, I'm gonna do that. You know, and I did it. Yeah. And today I can tell you that that slowed me down because I put myself in a negative environment. Mm. You know. Mm. So, so for a year I was training. And I was doing my thing, but I was also having to do other things that I didn't really want to do. And I know that shit slowed me down. Like, it slowed my my process down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, like, a year later, I was like, man, I had enough, like, of of being in that energy, being in that vibe. And someone just told me that I got to go. <clears throat> and no matter what, even if I had to live on the street or I have to live in my car, I got to go, you know? So you were, you were aware of it, though, like when you were doing the shit that you knew you yeah, weren't yeah, supposed to course, be doing. Yeah, of course, of course, of course, of course. I was very aware, man. And But what's crazy is when I finally decided to leave, mm -hmm. a day later, I left and I had no place to live. Yeah, I, I, had, I had to stay in my car for a couple nights, me and my dog. Um, but the next day I met this girl at Runyon Canyon. Her name's Nicole. Mm. This girl was a trainer too. And she had a space where she trained right by Runyon Canyon. It's on Highland and Franklin. And the place was called 360 or some 360 fitness. And she was like, yeah, we're looking for trainers, blah, 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 blah. The next day, bro, when I decided to leave that place, I meet this girl and she's like, I was like, what? Seriously? And then I, I go, I meet the owner of the place. He's like, "Look, come back Tuesday. Teach teach this class. If my if my people like you, yeah. you got a job or you can you can train here." Yeah. Boom. And that started it all, bro. Ain't that crazy, bro? It's almost like God's like waiting for you to make the right decision. Yeah. And yeah. I, I you know, I had to suffer. I had to stay in my car for a while. Yeah. I had to stay in the streets sometimes. I had to stay in abandoned buildings. I was taking showers at spas. I was I was sleeping at spas sometimes because there's some spas where you can pay a fee and you can stay there overnight. Yeah. Like I, I I did what I had to do, but I did it on my terms and I didn't have to do anything I didn't have to do. You know what I mean? Right, right, and, right, right. But then that's how things happen. That's, sometimes it's better when you're by yourself. Yeah, than, than yeah. You got to suffer a little bit, man. Don't be scared to suffer. You yeah. Know? <laughs> Makes a man out of you too, yeah. man. That's for sure. Damn. Yeah. So and then so three sixty you get those clients. I get uh, yeah I started getting clients. I started teaching classes. I, I start you know building my little clientele. I'm, yeah. I'm like charging twenty five bucks. Yeah. Um. So this place was on Highland and Franklin. <clears throat> In two thousand twelve or thirteen, I don't remember exactly what year it was, but P Diddy opened up his Revolt headquarters there. Revolt's this TV station. Mm. You guys know who Puffy is, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, right. <laughs> He opened this uh, TV network called Revolt. So he was, I guess, walking around, looking at, uh, greeting all the local businesses. Mm. And he comes into my gym while I'm there by myself. Mm. What's up, man? I'm P. Diddy, blah, blah, blah. I still have a picture somewhere on Facebook, probably, or Instagram yeah. with me and Diddy. 
he came in the gym and introduced himself. I'm like, yeah, I know who you are, you know. And I'm like, hey, come work out. He never came to work out with me, but he sent me, like, employees. Employees of his knew about me because of Diddy, and then they started coming in to the gym, and I got more clients. So, Yeah, and then I started training Sid Vicious. She's a host for... I don't know if she's with E or no, she's not with E anymore. She's with Access now, mm. but she was like one of my first. Um, That's how you got into like, the whole Hollywood kind of. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. Because I was in the heart of Hollywood. Yeah, you know? yeah. So after Sibley, like I started getting other people, and then you know I met Karuchi in 2016. You training her right now? Yeah, I still train her. She's been consistent for three years. She's great. She's doing good. That's awesome, man. You know? That's awesome. And, after Karuchi, a lot of her friends started coming training with me. So that's dope, dude. Yeah, man. That's crazy, man. It's a crazy story, but it is, man. So what's the vision, bro? Where 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 are you taking this? I mean, I'm I'm hoping. F- I mean, f- I'm taking it where Flex is gonna be a big competitor in fitness. Like, well, I'm just gonna take a little piece. You know, I want to be a little piece of the fitness field. You know. Yeah. And Flex is gonna grab some of that, Absolutely. and we're gonna train people all over the world. Personal training. Uh, a vision, I'd like to have my own personal studios, boutique studios, mm. you know, a few here, a few in New York, a few in Miami, you know. Nice, nice, nice. Hell few yeah. in the UK. <laughs> I feel you, man. That's you know? dope. So do you have like a, a type of workout that you've branded or well, dietary stuff? Well, I'm working on that like- now. I'm, I'm, I'm actually working on doing my branding or, or trademarking like my own resistant band workout. Mm-hmm. And then my style of training is very like similar to like how athletes train because that's my background. Mm-hmm. So a little bit of strength training, obviously cardio, yeah, um, intense. You know? I see you do like a lot of plyometrics, a lot yeah, of resistance all that. training. All that. I mix it up, man, because you have to. Yeah, you have to mix it up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What about diet, man? Diet? I mean, I'm eighty. I'm like eighty twenty. Eighty percent of the time, I eat pretty clean 20 percent of the time i eat whatever i want you know yeah i have i have a really good friend of mine he's also like a business partner of mine his name's devin stone and he specializes in in diet Mm. he's a natural medicine doctor Mm. he's actually in med school right now to be a doctor so oh we're gonna get he does yeah he does meal plans all that so dope yeah dope 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 man so how long did you stay with 360 before branching off and (laughs) When exactly did you start Flex and start to kind of go towards the online? I started Flex in 2014. And uh, in 2014 is when I left 360. And I started training at another private gym not too far from 360 called Made in L.A. They're still there, too, on McCadden in Hollywood. And I trained in Made in L.A. till till like 20... 17 yeah something like that 2017 okay and then i moved out me and devin moved to beverly hills i st- I had my own gym in a garage at this house that we rented for a while mm-hmm. so i had my own like training facility people used to come to my home in beverly hills nice. and then now i live in hollywood at the east town and i train people from there nice till i get my own space you know that's that's, that's what i'm working on now finding my own space yeah and it'll come in due time you know absolutely man Absolutely. So what what's the hardest part about your business, bro? The hardest? Yeah. Like what's the stuff that you don't like? Man, I don't know. I love what I do, bro. So That's awesome. Yeah. I mean, the hardest thing is getting up every day or the late nights, early mornings. Yeah. That's that, that's that's the hardest part. Yeah. 
because I mean, s sleep is important, yeah. but I mean, I have to be there for my people, so <laughs> I yeah. gotta make. And the you sacrifice. got great clients, so yeah, it's not man, like I gotta be there for them. Man. Yeah, that's so. True. So someone's gotta sacrifice. It's me. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I don't get to sleep. Eventually, yeah. though, eventually I get some sleep. Eventually, when you got the boutiques running, yeah, bro, you'll you get know? some sleep. Exactly. That's cool, man. That's cool. What would I, what kind of advice would you have for anybody up and coming in the fitness world that's really trying to trying to start doing their own thing, trying to get celebrity clients, or or, or trying to acquire you know just business? Um, I guess, man. What, what what would be your tips? I mean, stay stay consistent, you know, and then be about what you're preaching. So. If, if you're trying to get people fit, you're trying to get celebrities and all that, that's cool. But make sure that you're the best version of yourself mm. now, you know, because why are you going to be preaching to people, yo, get fit, but you're not the best you can be yet. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Mm -hmm. How are you going to push someone else to be their best if you're not your best? Mm. You know? So I feel like that's one piece of advice to really be the best you can be first. Yeah. Be the example. Yeah, you know, be the example. Do you uh, do you struggle with that sometimes? Like that internal doubt. We just had an episode that we're gonna be. Uh, I, actually, it's probably the episode before this one, uh, where we talk about like imposter syndrome, where you're you're trying you're trying to be something, right? You have an ideal of what you want or who you want to be, mm -hmm. and it's like this constant reminder of like I need to perform. I need to do what I'm about. You know, I I need to be about <laughs> what I say I'm about, kind of thing. Right. Do you? Is that inner dialogue ever with you? I mean, do you wake up in the morning? You're like, man, I gotta be about my shit because I say I'm about my shit. Or what? is that just no? It's automatic? already, it's already, yeah, it's already installed, man. That's um, that's automatic for you. It's installed. Like I always, I go, I try to go above and beyond. I've ran two marathons. You know, mm -hmm. I've never been a runner, and then what's we in 2019? I ran this year. Yeah, I ran this year and last year, 2018, 2019 marathon. 26.2 miles. You know, yeah. It took me three hours and 30 minutes last year. This year, it took me three hours and 37 minutes. Mm -hmm. But I didn't train this year. Last year, I trained for it. Mm -hmm. So, but what, what I'm trying to say is, like, I'm just, I always try to go above and beyond. Yeah. So, like, my workout, when I work out and I have time, like, uh, I'll work out for two hours, you know, or an hour and a half. Yeah. I'll warm up running three, five miles. And then I'll get into my weight training, you know. Mm -hmm. So, I try to do way more than, than what's required. Right. You know? Yeah, you think you built that uh, while you were in fire? Yeah, exactly. Well, fire camp? Fire camp, prison. Yeah. The mindset, like I told you, it, I never slowed down. Like, it was a requirement to work out mm -hmm. in there. Mm -hmm. So it was like a daily thing for me. Yeah. And then I just never stopped that. Because once I made up my mind that that's what I want to do, it's like, why am I going to stop? Yeah, so you're hardwired like that. Yeah. That's it. So, Mara, you seem you come off as a fairly confident person to me. Um, so, <laughs> where, <laughs> where do you and and that's not playing at all. Like I, I mean, it's admirable. Um, but just curious, where do you feel like you were a confident kid? Was that instilled in you at, at a young age? Did you earn it somehow? Like, how how do you think you came to be such a confident person? Mm. Shit. Probably my dad, my dad, my dad was, was really a big influence in my life. So, and he was always like on me about working hard and not letting anyone put me down, you know, mm. like my, I guess my dad installed that in me. And then I was always an athlete. I mean, look, I, I wasn't always, I mean, there were some things I struggled with like this right here, public speaking, stuff like that. I struggle with that. I still struggle with that to this day. Mm -hmm. So 
I mean, but it's just it's just about your mindset, man, and just just doing it. You know, like even if you're scared to do something, you just got to do it. You got to put yourself in an uncomfortable situation. Mm. You know. Yeah, I fucking. In order to grow. One hundred, man. You know. One hundred, bro. So, so your pops was a huge influence. But my in pops life. was a few. Huge, and, huge. and did I hear right? Did he has he? He passed, passed away. Yeah, he passed away in two thousand nine. In 2009. Yeah, that was a tough year for my mom, man. Think about it. My dad passed mm-hmm. away May 13th, 2009, right? Yeah. I was there. Yeah. <clears throat> it was a fucking hard day for me. Um, September 14th, 2009, I get arrested. Fuck. So my dad passes away May 13th, mm-hmm. 2009. September 14th, 2009, just a few months later, I get arrested. God Think damn. about that year for my mom. But yeah. my mom's a strong, strong, strong lady, and she's just, she has real faith in God. You know, she's a real Christian yeah. woman. And you, so going back to that, I mean, <clears throat> I don't want to keep beating a dead horse, but for me, it's something important. Uh, my faith is extremely important to me, yeah. and and it, it's crazy because I look at my life and I see things that like I believe God has kept me from, or He's kind of put me in positions where. It was hard as fuck, but it grew me in certain ways. And it was almost like, like you said, it was, I mean, it wasn't as extreme, but it was like, listen, man, you need a little time out, right? Yeah. And uh, I mean, even when you're going through that adverse stuff and, and you're not doing, quote unquote, what you're supposed to be doing, right? When you're young and reckless and shit. I mean, you've always had that faith from what I can, yeah, what I can gather. For sure. And, and so, I mean, how big, of, how big a part does that play in your life? It sounds like it's a, it's it's a huge it's part. Huge. Yeah, it's huge. That's like my foundation, my yeah. rock. You know, it's like. And even when you were lost, bro, it sounds like it was something you could come back to. Yeah, you can always talk to God. You yeah. can always talk to God. He's always listening, you know. Yeah. I feel like it's important, man. A lot of people, you know, that people. some people aren't religious and they, they believe in vibes and energy. And I believe in vibes and energy as well. Right. But some people won't say it's religion. It's vibes or energy yeah it's like whatever the fuck you want to call it yeah Yeah, whatever whatever you want to call it but yeah it's like there is definitely a higher power and there's something out there because we all have a inner self you Mm -hmm. know there's always that our inner self inner dialogue our our conscious Mm -hmm. you know our soul you know yeah we're flesh but there's always that other voice inside us yeah you know so there's definitely like a higher power out there i believe yeah yeah, absolutely. I mean, we're on the same page, I think, with that. Is there um, is there anything that you do, uh, like on a daily or weekly basis? I mean, do you do you spend time praying? Or do you I spend. I, I mean, I pray every night. I talk to God every night. Yeah. First thing in the morning, I talk to God. You know. So, just recently, I started like meditating and just taking time out. Yeah. You know, just reflecting, thinking. You know. And without a doubt, that for you is. Is, it's important. It's extremely important. It's important, yeah, for sure. Mm. It's for sure. It's like I feel like people that don't have belief, or people that don't. It's like think about it. It's like damn. It's like I don't want to disrespect anyone, but it's like reckless, man. Like how are you just gonna? I don't know. Like just live your life doing whatever the hell you want with no morals or no laws, you know, you know, cause in religion there's morals, there's laws, there's yeah. things you shouldn't do, things you, you know? Yeah. And yeah. there's some people that just don't have that and they just live by their, how, how they want, by their means, you know? Yeah, man. It makes me think of, um, this book, uh, I think it's C.S. Lewis, 
Steve will quote me. I mean, Steve will correct me <laughs> if I'm wrong. But um, he talks about how you could live life as if uh, you're the captain of your own ship, right? Yeah. And it's your ship. Yeah. Or you could live life as if you're the captain of your own ship, but the ship belongs to somebody else. Yeah. And how it switches up your mentality. Because if you know that the body that you're in was given to you by something or someone or a higher power, then there's a responsibility that you have. Yeah. And for me, in business and in life, it's something that, it's something that m- wakes me up in the morning thinking, fuck, I have to give it w- everything I got because this isn't me- mine. It right. was given to me. Right. And I have to treat it as if it was a gift. Yeah. Because if you don't treat it as a gift, you feel entitled. And we all know how entitled people fucking act, right? Yeah. Yeah. And it's the same way that those habits and the, that translates to your life, bro. And so I'm on the same page with you, man. I'm glad you brought yeah. yeah, I'm glad you I'm I'm glad you're on the same note. I mean, again, no disrespect to anybody that thinks differently. And right. I and I love having the conversation though. One of my best friends is is that I childhood friend I grew up with doesn't is not a believer. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I still hang out with him. It's you know, it is what it is. You know, I'm I'm not gonna judge him any differently, you know. I can't change him, it's who he is. Right. He's my boy. And yeah. he's doing this thing. He's successful at real estate. Yeah. You know? But you see things. Do you see things in his life that you're like, man, if you uh, if you had some faith in something, and it's not even like exact like you said. Who cares what you call it, right? But do you see things that you're like, man, I see you missing this element, or like I see you definitely. But it's like it's. I've tried to have conversations with him. Sometimes people are just they're wired in their way, and there's like no. Yeah, no getting through. It falls on deaf ears, yeah. right? So then, I just back up. You know, yeah, 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 yeah. I can't control it. No, nah, and it's not for you it's to change. Not for me to change, it's it. not for you to change. Yeah. Did you did you grow up going to church, um, yes, reading scriptures? Sir, all that. Do you still is all that still a regular practice or mm, the Bible read scriptures is definitely not. Maybe I, should, I probably need to start, <laughs> but it's not. <laughs> And in church, I'm not as consistent, but I talk to God, like I said, every night, every morning. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, I think that's an important distinction because often a lot of us can grow up being taught that you have to rely on the institution right. in certain ways and certain things. So when you talk about being so grounded in faith, it sounds much more personal than some people might initially think it. Yeah. And so that's why I ask, you know, if those are prayer is a big thing, but. Um, a lot of people feel like they need to be spoon fed that stuff weekly, right. but it sounds like, you know, so how do you feel, I mean, praying, but like, is there other ways you feel like you connect to, to deity, to God, or, mm. I mean, how do, how do you, how do you use that as direction? Is it just, you've kind of got the, the guidelines in there and then you're just going yeah. or are you continually seeking for more? Like what's the, no, I feel like I kind of already got the, the guidelines guidelines, meaning like you know, thou shall not, you know, fornicate, you know, stuff like that, yeah, you know, yeah. thou shall not steal, blah, blah, blah. Yes, uh, sometimes I slip on certain things, you know, yeah, but, yeah. but I try my best to live by those guidelines, and they're already installed in me, so it's like I know, like like I told you guys earlier, I knew living at that place in Toluca Lake was not the right thing to do, yeah. you know, I knew it. You see, like for me, bro, that that's that's even a bigger marker. Like I said, it's almost like like going back on my life and looking at things. It's almost like like the powers that be are just looking at you and saying, like, can I trust him with the next thing that I want to give him? Right. And it's like when you make certain decisions, 
like you know scripture says you know knock and the door will be open or ask and you shall receive but you got to be asking the right questions you got to be knocking on the right doors yeah. and if you're over there fucking around he ain't gonna give you anything you know right. what i mean and so like for me and what i hear from you is like it's much more of a relationship thing yeah and that's why like i feel like i could have conversations with buddhists or hindus or i mean obviously we're gonna disagree on fundamental things but whatever I mean, I think I think the biggest thing that I hear from you is like that relationship. Like mm -hmm. there is definitely uh, an exchange of like thought and time that you spend uh, thinking about these things. Yeah. And I think, and, and dude, I mean, it's different in everybody's life. It's different in everything. And so, like, I'm not gonna press you too hard, too <laughs> much harder on this, but like. I, I completely I see it you know I see the I see the relationship as as opposed to just the rules you know what I mean like some people get caught up like you know my mom was a hardcore Catholic growing up and for her it was like like if you know you her thing right now is like you miss Sunday church and it's right. like ah you know it's, it's like, like a that, big mom, deal like you know what I mean like dude yeah. like, listen you don't know how many times I, I stop and think yeah. about God or stop, I stop and pray about it so I think it's different for everybody, but it is it is much more it's much more uh, complex and dynamic. I think yeah, you know what I mean for sure, for sure. Yeah. So, no. To to change directions a little bit, man. Is there um, like a few things you do every day that keep you centered and focused and are kind of your keys to success or habits that you've formed? I think it's easy to get caught up in work, especially if you're early mornings, late nights. Yeah. It, it can be hard to stay focused on things and you can slip in certain areas. So are there a few things that you do to really stay on track. Man, I can't, I mean, I'm focused, man. I'm so focused and I, I've been through so much already. Like I, I, it's hard for me to slip. I, I'll go have fun. I, I'll tell you that I'll go have fun. I'll go to a bar. I'll go have a drink. Uh, I read, I still read a lot. Mm. Um, but I'm I'm just so focused. I'm so consistent to to what I do. Is like so. You um, got your routine though. Yeah, I have my for sure. I have, I have consistent clients. Like Monday, Monday, Wednesday, Friday. I have six a.m. for sure already locked in. Like mm -hmm. for years now. Mm -hmm. Tuesday, Thursday, same. Mm -hmm. Well, now I just turned to seven a.m. I don't know. There's little changes happening, but I've I've recruited a, a few people. I have some trainers that are joining the team. Nice. So little by little I'm I'm expanding and growing, you know, mm -hmm. the squad. When do you take time for yourself though? Is it is it the morning where you're like decompress or is the morning just about getting the business? Is it the afternoon that you're like the uh, week I decompress in the weekends like today. Like, yeah. Like today I, w I had one session mm. and that was at 10. But then after that I got to go to the gym, I worked out. Mm -hmm. Came to see you guys nice. tonight. I'm, I'm probably going to play some poker after oh, this. Nice. Since I'm in this area. Dope, dope. Hit Commerce. Commerce Casino. <laughs> nice. Uh, yeah, play some Texas Hold'em real quick. That's the same. Uh, yeah. Uh, Sundays, I usually don't work. I'll go grocery shopping. Depends who. Sometimes I, yeah. I'll see someone. Nice. But, yeah, I decompress on weekend. And sometimes even during the week fridays i take it easy I, i'll only work till about noon mm -hmm. and then i'll just chill mm -hmm. you know just do me stuff 
Mm-hmm. You know. Now, are you pretty straight edge? Are you uh, you smoking? You drinking? You doing any of that? I, like I just said, I I'll go have a drink or two. Yeah. I'll smoke weed occasionally. Yeah. I used to be a heavy smoker. Yeah. You know? But yeah, ain't nothing wrong with a little weed at night, you know. Yeah, decompress a little bit. <laughs> yeah, you uh, know, you. sleep good, recover. <laughs> nice. <laughs> you know, nice man. Yeah. Nice. So, uh, Flex Fitness, man. Yes, sir. Uh, we're gonna get it going here, man. But uh, where can the people see you at, bro? So on Instagram, I'm at Mr. MVT Fit, and then I'm also at uh, Flex underscore Fitness. Okay. Mm. And then I have, I'm going to come up with an active wear line next spring. And the Instagram for that is flex underscore active. So I'm going to have leggings, sports bras. In the future, I'll have like hoodies and men's stuff. But in the spring of next year, I'm just launching women's apparel. Nice. So my website's flex60.com. That's P-H-L-E-X-X 60.com. And I do offer online training. Cool. Yep. Cool, so they can hit you up there. Yeah, man. hit me up. Let's get to work. Absolutely, bro. Mario, man, thank you so much for coming Thank through. you for having me. Yeah, I appreciate, appreciate it. it. Nice to meet you. Yeah. Out in Utah. Yeah. <laughs> Stephen too, J. Man. Hakes. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, thank you so much, bro. Uh, we're going to sign off, but you've been absolutely great company, Appreciate man. you guys. Can't wait to pick out my new gear today. There you go. <laughs> All right, man. All right, man. Peace. Crazy story, no, it's dude. crazy. It's it was crazy story, but I, I I'm a, don't be mad at me. But I left some shit out. Like that, I can feel it, dog. That naturally. was like that, yeah. that first day of camp, bro. Yeah, that first incident. Mm-hmm. I almost got in a fight with the most feared gangster in camp because uh-huh. my chainsaw guy was the craziest dude in the camp. He was locked up 13 years for assault robbery or whatever you know and he was a sureño so he was a bad dude so yeah and i was struggling dog i'm like <coughs> coughing and i'm like fuck the fire is hot as fuck yeah and i'm moving slow and this fool's hurry the fuck up little homes like he's talking to me crazy hurry the fuck up hurry the fuck up yeah and then after a while i'm like yo bro i dropped my shit yo why are you talking to me like that homie you know i, I in got the in, middle this, of the yes, shit. in the middle of the fire dog <laughs> And then the fire captain comes and breaks it up or whatever. And then I go to the back of the line. And then two white boys in the back of the line were like, yo, bro, do you know who you almost got in a fight with? And I'm like, no, man, it's my first day. He's like, that's the most feared gangster in our camp. And I'm like, oh. (laughs) I'm like, oh, shit. He's like, yo, this guy could have just took your life, you know? And I'm like, yeah, "Yeah, right. And like, nah, we're not fucking around. So when we go back to the camp, I see this fool in the shower. This fool's jacked shredded and tattoos everywhere like crazy tattoos you yeah, know yeah yeah and i'm like fuck i almost fought this dude oh, I'm like, shit, I'm like, fuck. they're swinging axes and stuff <laughs> right <was> crazy <laughs> and look this dude though is crazy this dude for like four months he didn't respect me but he was a south sider so he had to be cool with me he had to be cordial okay but he didn't respect me like he would talk to me crazy or look at me crazy up and down like well, hey move get the fuck out of my way you know yeah, and, yeah, and i had yeah. to just suck it in yeah you know but it's crazy. Look, I sucked it in, and then finally, like four months, like four months to me coming home, he 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 came up to me. He was like, "Yo, man, all right, homie, I respect you, dog. You know, you you put up with all my shit. I talk shit to you. I look at you crazy, and you didn't buckle. So you, I know you're going home soon. You're gonna do everything. I I'm gonna give you a choice. You could chill with me and and get work out with me every day till you go home, 
or, or you know, he gave me that option, and I was like, hell yeah, yeah fuck it, let's go, you know. I was yeah. like, boom, and then I ended up like working out with him every day, respect for four months, dog. Like, oh, so crazy. was that the guy? Oh, you, that was the dude, was the dude, to Mondo, that the dude that yeah. almost fought. So yeah. you almost fought Mondo, uh, Mondo. No. Yeah, no. <laughs> so I cannot put that in the interview. <laughs> no, I mean, whatever, I don't care. If uh, you want to, go I ahead. mean, we're still rolling, so yeah. I might. <laughs>